1: The latest episode of Outside the Trenches with former Chiefs reporter and insider B.J. Kissel, Super Bowl champion and former K-State All-American offensive lineman Nick Lecky, and KCSN producer Tucker Franklin. The latest headlines, stories, and rumors, plus a blind nail segment where nobody knows what's going to happen. The latest Outside the Trenches, presented by Five Farms Irish Cream, a holiday distillery favorite, starts now. Let's go to B.J. Kissel.
2: Welcome in to Outside the Trenches. I am not BJ Kusson. I am Tucker Franklin. BJ is not with us today. I'm joined by a uh, six-year NFL veteran, Super Bowl champion, Nick Lecky. He's down at the bottom of your screen if you're watching this on YouTube. To my, I guess it'd be my right. Uh, actually, to my left and real <laughs> life. Uh, it, directions are all relative. This is Jordan Foote, uh, super producer here at KC Sports Network. Uh, Nick, I'll start with you. I do today, my man. I'm good. I'm good. Had some, my kids' last skate party of
3: elementary school tonight, so I got to watch that unfold, and uh, I, I brought back some good vibes, right? The, the skate party. You Do you guys have good memories of like when you were a youth, stuff like that? Yeah. Still a youth, Nick. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I can't, <laughs> I no, it was cool. No, it, it, it was good. times. It was an outdoor state skate park. No, nah, is it inside like a roller skate,
2: pardon? Like a roll? Oh, okay. A roller like, skate. Like I thought you are talking about car, left turns. Dropping to the half pipe. I thought you were talking about like uh, <laughs> just having a ball, man. Yeah. Yeah, having a good old time. Yeah. Jordan, how are you doing? Lots of shows at KC Sports Network uh, coming out this week. How you been? Yeah, plenty going on, man.
4: It's uh, MLB opening day on Thursday. So, in the spirit of that, I got the call from BJ Kissel. Uh, tonight and got invited to come join you guys on the
2: show so I'm excited man. There you go, Jordan got the uh, the big league call up. That's um, awesome. I know. yeah, That's so um, cool, dude. BJ not with us tonight obviously as you can tell um, running point here. Uh, very excited to talk about some of the stuff that we got going on here. Uh, I, the, the topic, if you're tuning into the YouTube video, if you've clicked on the title of this podcast you already know what we're going to talk about off the top and if you're if you know the show, you know that we're gonna have the blind nil segment to kind of wrap it up. And if you're not, we'll we'll talk about the blind Nail. We'll talk about blind Nail when we get to it. But uh, first, I gotta say thank you to Five Farms Irish Cream. It's uh, getting that time where it's it's cold in the morning, uh, but by the time you like leave work, it's real nice out, and it's still it's still just that cold enough that you want to put some Irish cream, that Five Farms Irish cream, into your coffee to start your day. So go check them out. Our wonderful partners at Holiday Distillery. Five Farms Irish Cream liqueur. You can get that at you know Mac Noodles. Uh, go ahead and head on over there and get that as well. But um, so let's talk about this situation that's going on in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes was very vocal about the uh, new rule changes. Now every year at the league, I believe it's like owners' meetings, coaches' meetings. They do propose these new rule changes. The Chiefs, or if you remember, a couple of years ago, uh, had the overtime rule proposed and it was shot down. And then the Bills yeah uh, right. <laughs> they have. Stank. And then once the bills brought it back, it got up, it got approved. And infamously, uh, the Chiefs brought up the number rule, right? when they were running out of uh, numbers to give players to kind of open up the the player rosters to a little bit more of a college style of of numbering, not double numbers yet, but um to kind of give a little bit more options that did get past um number zero. That can now be worn in the NFL. So, that is a big rule change that was approved. Another rule change that was approved is the cap of Thursday night football games has now been raised to two games. So, now oh, teams can God. play. Yep. I knew that that was going to be your reaction, Nick. Teams can now play multiple Thursday night games. The option to flex to Thursday night, however, was voted down. You cannot flex to Thursday night yet, but rule in my opinion. We saw a couple of Chiefs players, if you saw on the thumbnail, uh, you saw on Twitter, Patrick Mahomes did the facepalm emoji to it uh, when he quote tweeted the uh, news of it, and then Justin Reed had a had a tweet out as well. Uh, Nick, I want to know, outside of your initial uh, initial visceral reaction to what that was, uh, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I don't know, man. The, the, the Thursday night football,
3: like honestly, that's a terrible product. Like it's always sloppy football um it it puts so much stress on people's bodies like when you go let's say you play a sunday noon game and let's say you're the away team so game gets over about three hours right so one two three three uh takes a while to get on the plane go to the plane go home you do home eat dinner probably you're home at like what 11 p.m at night wake up monday do you know start working the next week tuesday practice wednesday fly out and play a game that's that's brutal
4: it's so brittle on your body, so having another one, Pff, no, silly. Gordon, your thoughts? I don't like it. Um, I, I always side with players and player safety, I think. And Mahomes spoke out about it, just yes. breed spoke out about it. And there was a tweet from I think it was the MLF football or the ML football account. Um, the Giants owner was like, Oh, well, think about the people coming out to the game, blah blah blah. And MBS Marquez Valdez Scantling quote tweeted it and was like, okay. What? Are people playing the games like <laughs> that's the, right exactly two, you know if not more important you have to have the players out there in order for the product to be watchable and for the product to be successful and if you're it stacks up man like yeah. if i go play a round of golf on a sunday i'm walking around a little weird until like tuesday morning wednesday i'm like man i'm worn out i'm not playing an nfl game i'm not getting out there getting hit i'm not battling in the trenches with people i'm not getting injured i'm not battling through that so I I don't like it personally. Um, I think keeping it the way it was, if you're going to do anything, then don't do Thursday Night Football at all. Like If you really have that big of a bone to pick with it, don't add more onto it. Give guys more time to rest. And there's people out there saying, well, they have more time to rest before the next game, but that's not what it's about. It's about the time between the previous one and their next one. And there's a risk that um, I, I don't have the data, obviously, to support it, but... You're not getting enough time to rest, getting multiple Thursday night games and getting teams like the Chiefs that everyone wants the Chiefs to be on prime time like this could affect them more than some other organizations potentially. So um it's
2: I don't really care for it too much, man. I want to read Justin Reed's uh tweet. He said multiple Thursday night games will be terrible for player safety. If fans want to see a better product on Thursday nights, forcing beat up players to get suited up for a surprise Thursday night game with no time to really game plan for is not the way to do it. And I really think he hits the nail on the head really just with like everything. And he also said not to mention thousands of fans, hard earned money and planning being wasted by a a snap change Mm -hmm. of the schedule. Now this is now he's referencing there ...to the fact that they are debating on having teams be flexed into Thursday night games, which in itself would be a logistical nightmare not only for the players, but for, imagine, you know, the hotels you have to book, the travel you have to book, now all of that is now being changed two weeks ahead of time? Uh, That is a nightmare. Not to mention the fans who, like, if you buy a ticket, like, let's not act like tickets to NFL games are cheap, right? Like, that's a, that's a good chunk of change. If you buy a ticket to go to a Sunday noon game with your kid, and all of a sudden now it's a th- Thursday night, that's going to be a tough sell. That's a tough little swing to do. So there's a lot going into that. That the NFL, I feel like the NFL keeps trying to force Thursday night football, and I don't know if there's a right answer with Thursday night football. I, I don't know if there's a, a a situation that exists with Thursday nights that makes sense. Um I know there's been a situation thrown out where you know, it feels like inevitable that the league is going to add the 18th game, right? And if they add the 18th game, they add the second bye week so they have everybody's Thursday night game following the bye week. Um so then you would have the you would have your bye week and then your game back would be a Thursday night game. That has been thrown out there that's one way to to possibly fix it. Um I don't know, Jordan, your thoughts on kind of how the NFL can remedy the Thursday nights. I I think this comment from
4: Jacob Jenkins is interesting. Having less games, one uh, Thursday night football game, two bye weeks. I think the two bye weeks seems not quite inevitable, but I do think that is going to be where the NFL is headed at some point. Then pushing more games um, and the NFL turning into load management like the NBA. And to have another Chiefs example, man, these Andy Reid practices, he's not huge on the veteran rest days. He's not like when Tom Brady was in Tampa and they had Bruce Arians. It's like, oh, let's go practice and then go Goof off and play golf. If you want a day off, you can have a day off. Like some teams might have to slightly adjust how they handle stuff like this. You're thinking about a guy like Travis Kelsey, who was open, completely open throughout the year and into the Super Bowl, um, throughout the playoffs, about man, it's been tough um getting ready for these games and staying ready for these games just physically. Mentally, he's there. It's going to take a toll on everybody. And it's going to take a toll on running backs, it's going to take a toll on quarterbacks, right down to the guy that's running down the field 20 times on special teams like it is just going to be very tough in general so i think this is a step in the wrong direction i get the content machine i get the production machine you you want stuff like this if you're the nfl and it's kind of backwards sometimes and it's a bottom line type business but thinking for the teams the people going and the players the coaches really everyone else involved i think it kind of sucks i agree and you know what that was, and it got voted down, right? Obviously, and it got, but it got floated
3: out there for a reason. And mm-hmm. three years, it's three years, it's going to happen. You know, it's it's inevitable. And and I do think I agree with you, Jordan. You you watered down the product, uh, you really do. Like when it's when, and I'm just talking from players to, to to types of games, more injuries and stuff like that. It's just it's foolish. It just it's absolutely foolish. But it's going to happen up there. Just like we never thought the 18 game schedule would happen. and Yep it happened so but like i said i mean nfl is the biggest the biggest consumer or the biggest right ad space because it's all internet now so where else can you grab a national chunk of america right then than that so i get why they want to create more games you know and then that thursday night it's a shitty product but guess what it's amazon prime thursdays now right
2: yeah so Amazon prime paid big money for it i I don't remember what the contract was uh money worked uh, for Amazon, amazon i guess Well, and people are going to tune in
4: like people are going to watch if you're getting multiple um, of one team in the same year. If you're getting a marquee team or marquee matchups a second time on Thursday night football, you're going to get more of a draw on your audience. Like from the league's perspective, I understand it. it's just uh, it's it's unfortunate, man, for sure.
3: It is. is. But isn't it still like a Thursday night football? Aren't the ratings still higher than anything else? in on on TV, I wouldn't be surprised
2: one. Right. Yeah, I just looked up the deal that they signed, um, and this is according to Front Office Sports. Amazon has exclusive rights to Thursday Night Football football as a part of an eleven-year deal worth one billion dollars annually. Good, so the, annually, annually. So they are getting uh they are getting a lot of money, or they are paying a lot of money for that uh, exclusivity on Thursday Night Football. Um, so you can tell for eleven years at least not going away like thursday night football is not going away anytime soon stinks players hate it i don't know if i've heard one player love a thursday night game or say anything positive about a thursday night game i I really don't i really don't think so ever since its inception i don't think any player has been like yeah i love to play on thursday nights after i just played the game a sunday at noon i know right well I, i remember this quote from todd stucey uh
3: he's a 14 year 12 year vet uh just beat up just he would take like a handful of pills every morning, like literally like like a, like a little bowl full of pills just to regulate his body and everything like that and take like 10 shots of espresso um, and it just be uh, j- just to get up. And it's like, when we played a Thursday game in St. Louis on that Wednesday, we walked through before you know we left and he was like, welcome to my world every day, you effers, you know, it's just, I was like, that's the best way to sum up being a veteran, a 12 year vet is mm-hmm. play Sunday, play Thursday and just beat your body up. And then disclaimer, I am a retired veteran uh nFL p a so I do want the league to flourish if <laughs> it's when I'm later, so uh but i but i do I do get what the players I mean you got to sacrifice and and I'm not saying you know that going into football right, you know you're gonna sacrifice your body, but
2: just that much it's like it's you're squeezing the lemon too hard, buddy, you know it's still a lot a burst, yeah. juice and squeeze, et cetera, you know, juice squeezes, cetera um. Thank you, everybody, for watching right now. If you're watching this live, really appreciate it. Drop a like, drop a comment. Let us know where you're watching from. Uh, let us know your thoughts on Thursday Night Football. I know that there's a, there's a lot of uh, people in the comments section right now talking about uh, Thursday Night Football and their thoughts. But, hey, fellas, before we hit a break, BJ Kissel, you know uh, he, you know him, heard of him, he sent me his uh, blind nil. Oh, oh. Mm, so okay. Let's, let's talk about his blind nil before we get to break here. He said, are the Chiefs' top three receiving yards leaders for 2023 all, in all caps, all, currently on the roster? Chiefs' top three receiving yards leaders for 2023, are they all currently on the roster? So, I think Kelsey, obviously, is
4: one. Regardless of who they bring in. Like, even if if it's Odell or first-round rookie, whatever. I think MVS is number two slash three like he could crack the top three with seven eight hundred yards probably and so you're basically asking is it Kadarius tony or is it odell or is it an unforeseen trade or is it a first round rookie i don't think a first round rookie is going to out yard Kadarius tony barring like a you know god forbid a serious injury where he misses multiple weeks in a row i don't know even if they get odell like what is odell right now He's thirty plus, he's coming off ACL still. We haven't seen him in a while. Fresh legs, fresh legs as a vet.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Chip yeah. on his shoulder.
4: Chip on his yeah. shoulder. I I as much
3: as hate yeah. I hate the Odell talk, he was balling in the Super Bowl. No, and, and I love Odell. And
2: and and he is he's actually legit. Yeah. You know, That's yeah. tough. It's interesting like I because I can see both sides of the coin with Odell. Before I don't want to get out too far on the on a tangent with Odell. I can Mm -hmm. see both sides with Odell. I can see the he hurt both he hurt the same ACL twice, and that's kind of a red flag. But then I also heard, um, hey, maybe that first ACL tear wasn't fully healed, so it was kind of like something that was bound to happen eventually. I want to bring up the yards leaders for the Chiefs last year. Travis Kelsey obviously led the way with thirteen thirty eight. Juju Smith-Schuster was the second-leading receiver with 933 yards. Marquez valdez Scaling 687. That was your number three. Just close behind him, 512 from Jarek McKinnon. So we're looking... Travis Kelsey and Marquez valdez Scaling both already on the roster. Do they find another near 1,000-yard... Is a near 1,000-yard receiver already on the roster? We'll see. I don't... Moore
3: on this roster. Sky Moore is on this roster. I links so it's that dark. No, listen, he's he's a great route runner. And mm-hmm. if he could do that in an Andy Reid system, you know, if he could run consistent routes, uh get in sync with Patrick uh on the patterns, on the route concepts, all that stuff. And then you've got all these other guys taking the heat, right? If you can flourish in that that canopy level. I don't need you know, Kelsey, MVS, Kadarius Tony, whoever, Odell, like Jordan said, you know, it's, you could sneak in and get like big numbers. I don't want to put the jinx on him, right? I don't want to put the 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 yeah. kind of jinx on him from last year. But yeah, Sky Moore.
2: Yeah, I I I think that he's definitely someone that deserves to be a mentioned Kadarius Tony, obviously another one. And, you know, Andy Reid was very high on both of those guys in his Couple press conferences that he's had since the season got done and the development they've made and the plays they made in the Super Bowl. So I wouldn't be shocked if it, well, I wouldn't say a thousand yards, right? The Chiefs haven't had an a thousand yard receiver. Get this stat. I've, I looked this up the other day because I was curious. The Chiefs haven't had a 1,000 yard receiver not named Travis Kelsey or Tyreek Hill since Jeremy Macklin in 2015. Jeremy Macklin was the first, was the last Chiefs wide receiver not named Travis Kelsey. Or Tyreek Hill, as receiver in general, not necessarily wide receiver, to have a thousand yards. Like that's that's Ooh. kind of mind boggling Where'd he go? Would it have,
4: I was gonna say, who else would it have been? It would have been Sammy Watkins or
2: DeMarcus Robinson. Was, you never made any or... close one year. Uh but I mean, listen, Juju was close this year. He had nine thirty three. Yeah. yeah, he was. So um, I don't know if you can find nine hundred and thirty-three yards with what you have on the roster right now. Maybe I would I would gladly be proven wrong. I would love but that.
4: The thing is, so if we do the math and this could go really, really south really, really quickly. Let's say Kelsey has like twelve hundred yards, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say the running back room as a whole has five hundred, which could be too much, could be low. That's what, seventeen? Let's say MBS has eight hundred, you're at twenty five hundred yards. Right. So you're halfway to 5,000. Then you're asking another 500 from Sky Moore. That gets you to 3,000. Another 500 from another receiver. Like there is plenty of room there. Noah Gray will be good for 250, 300. Blake Bell will have 100. Jody Fortson will have 100, something like that. Yeah. You've got to replace it somewhere. Like Mahomes isn't just going to throw for 3,800 yards or 4,000. He's going to go over that. He's going to have a lot next year. They're not going to start randomly pounding the rock or anything um but it, it's tough so maybe that number three guy is at 600 yards or something and maybe it is sky more making a leap maybe it is kelsey mvs sky maybe tony is healthy enough to do it so i don't think i ever gave a straight answer i'm gonna lean i'm gonna lean yes even though i don't feel good about that <laughs> After I basically started off and I said I, I don't
3: think so, now now I kind of think I do. I love that whole thought process, though, man. We just got like that that full thought. I love the baseball analysis. I can tell yeah. you baseball all the numbers and stuff. <laughs> fantastic,
2: I like that. That's quick math. Here's exactly uh, twelve players last year on the Chiefs roster recorded over a hundred yards receiving. That's pretty impressive. That's a lot of different players.
3: They just spread it around, and it's weird. Like as people will get hot, people will get cold, especially wide receivers. I'm telling you. Check out, like, game logs for, like, wide receivers. They're so, like, like this. Like, it just mm-hmm. is really weird uh, how they have. So, it's like, like I said, with this offense and what it's designed to do, it's spread the ball around, right? So, that way you don't have yeah. any tendencies besides Kelsey um, if you're in the in clutch, right?
4: <laughs> well, um, they on they might double down, not literally, but figuratively on multi-tight uh, end sets if they don't bring in another big wide outs. Like, you can't go... That's sixty percent of the time, or whatever, but the tight end room could take a step up. They could give Noah Gray the ball a little bit more. Maybe Fortson stays healthy. There are a lot of ways they can go. Not all of them are uh, fantastic to say the least. But if that answer is yes, then I'm interested to see who takes a step up.
2: I'm going to say no because Justin Watson currently is another roster. Um, <laughs> hey, hey, mark my words: the Chiefs will draft like a six-four tight end or wide receiver. Oh, they're in honor of Macklin. Bring him shout out, Jeremy Mizzou made. Uh, oh. That's a good night. <laughs> let's uh, let's send this to break. When we get back, we'll do our blind notes from us here. Uh, let's do it. Let's take a break.
1: You're listening to KC Sports Network. We'll be right back after this.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate
2: y'all hanging out with us here on Outside the Trenches, presented by Five Farms Irish Cream Liqueur. Uh, we are here. We have reached the Blind nil uh, portion of the show, your favorite part of the show. It's it's uh, about 9.25 p.m. when we're recording this. It's this KCSN yes, After Dark, essentially. Yes. Uh, we're doing... Yes. Executive yes. cut, baby. We've done <laughs> um, yes. Well, if you don't know what, uh, if you're listening to the show for the first time, I'm watching the show for the first time. We each bring a segment to the table, a question, uh, a topic that somebody that we all don't know. So we're all giving. So Jordan's gonna give us one, and we're gonna give our gut reactions. We're gonna think about it on the spot, right? We don't know what Jordan's gonna talk about. Nick's gonna do the same thing. I'm gonna do the same thing. Um, that is blind nil. That name is creatively uh, the, from the mind of Nick Lecky, from the creative mind of Nick Lecky. Blind all of nil. ours, all of ours. Uh, so. Drop your guys' uh, comments, thoughts on the chat. I uh, appreciate you guys hanging out with us uh, this late night after dark. John Clifford, shout out. Uh, thank you all for joining us, listening after the fact as well. All right. Um, go ahead, Nick. We got there are
3: immaculate vibes in the Pack 12 after dark when it's like 1130. 30. Oh. And you're turning off the TV for like to go to bed because there's like a third quarter Fresno State like Oregon game. I I just, I love the whole concept of Pac-12 after dark. And then now that we're outside the trenches after dark, I just love it. As as Tucker Franklin would say,
4: the vibes are immaculate, right? (laughs) Man, I when I went to ASU for, I was a Sun Devil for a year, I think. Oh, like he, we, he we just had fun, fun year for sure. And I went, when we upset Washington, it was a good time. Oh, the football game. I didn't know, like, I wasn't a big college football fan as a kid, which is ironic because I love like football in general and sports in general, just never got into it. I had no clue what Pac-12 after dark was. And obviously with the time difference, like it wasn't hitting quite the same when I was over there, but um. Now it's it's like crack. I mean, it's uh, <laughs> the that might have been a bad
2: analogy, but no, we'll just roll with it. It's that addictive. Yeah. The football is just so unhinged. I think mm-hmm. that's <laughs> correct. Think so good. <laughs> that's
3: that's the best way of putting it, right? Like R. I. P. Mike Leach, because he was like the Pack twelve after dark. Oh yeah. Like he should be the official mascot. Mm-hmm. I, you I know, know, you love everything about his his craziness, like just absolutely just gnarliness, and that that's Pack twelve after
2: dark. The right. Number one, getting upset by a nobody, you know? Yeah. And that's what we embody here at Outside the Trenches. KCSN After Dark is what Outside the Trenches is. Nick, do you want to kick us off with your uh, with your uh, line mill? I would
3: love to. I would love to. You get trapped on a desert island. You get a TV with a DVD or a Blu-ray player, right? And you only get one Blu-ray of a movie mm-hmm. on a desert island. Right. So it might be your favorite, or it might be something that's entertaining, or it might be something that's, you know, complex. Uh, it might be something wintry, like, you know, the movie Alive, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> they, get, they
2: get trapped on the mountain. So, yeah. Right. it's, it's a movie where Leo gets attacked by a bear revenant. Ooh, one of those. Oh, yeah. Man. Like the cold, like you go
3: there and, and cool up, right? To To survive, right? It's a good movie. Maybe and it's
2: like twelve hours long too, so you yeah, got none but time. He won an Oscar for that movie. Out of all the movies he's been in, it's not the one I would have picked for him to win an Oscar in. Um, C- my favorite C- film after Dark in it right now. But... <laughs> right, sorry, <It's all> right. <laughs> I, I got off. My favorite film is Pulp Fiction. Um, hmm. but I don't know if I would want Pulp Fiction to always be like. That's another thought that I was thinking. Do I want something that's like not as heavy? So I don't like I can watch all the time, but I mean, Old Fiction, big fan of that, big fan yeah. of that film. Really? Hold on, hold on. I do not know that. That's your favorite movie. That's my favorite movie. Yeah, I'm a big Quentin Tarantino fan. I love his directing style. I, love that.
3: I saw that in middle school, man. On on in blue, uh, not Blu-ray,
2: Laser Disc. A Laser Theater? Disc. What's that? Oh, I was gonna say you didn't see it in the theater, but if you were in middle school, you probably wouldn't have been let in the theater. Yeah, oh, I was. It was
3: 12 when it came out, so. Yeah, um, in '94. So yeah, so I had to. Yeah, I don't. I yeah. But honestly, when you think about that movie, if it was played in chronological order, it's a depressing mm-hmm. movie. 100, percent right? Because like John Travolta gets gets got in the end, right? Yeah. And that's not yep. like, the end, and it's like, oh man, this yeah, it's not so. Yeah, it is. But yeah, I love that, and the move, the music, oh, the music is phenomenal, it and uh, it's all. Well, right, it's all original because every time you hear the song in Pulp fiction, you think of Pulp Fiction. Uh-huh.
4: But Jordan, I have two questions. The first one right. this is very telling. Do they have Blu rays for like older movies? Like, would Pulp Fiction have Blu ray today, or like, could I just oh, yeah. say DVD? They've remastered, they've yeah, they, remastered. Okay, cool. So, secondly. I have one that I would pick, but can I give like a top four like options? Oh yeah, if okay. only if you can give like
3: a little explanation.
4: Yes, absolutely. Okay. So, all right, then. um, only one of these was made after the year two thousand, which is weird because I was born in nineteen ninety nine. so, like I didn't watch movies until after two thousand, but well, technically yes, technically no. Anyway, <laughs> time my time. my favorite, yeah, my favorite movie, it, <laughs> <submitted it. laughs> my favorite movie of all time is The Breakfast Club. That's always going to be my Ritz. favorite. I love it's it. Old soul. Are you sure? My second favorite movie is Ferris Bueller's Day Off from that general same time period. So I think Ferris would be fun, but like that story would get a little bit old. You'd be like, yeah, this jackass is just like screwing people over, kind of like a slide. you know what, like whatever. The Breakfast Club would be fun. I will never, ever, ever watch it a billion times. Never get tired of it. John Bender is a badass. Number three Wolf of Wall Street, very very big fan. Entertaining. That one, yes, that one would never get tiring at all. Um, and the number four, Casino. I think that's Ooh. just a classic. Very big fan. Um, Robert De Niro, one of my favorites ever. Like that little type of genre of movie, absolutely fantastic. So so Ace Rothstein, right? Um, mm-hmm. uh, De
3: Niro's character. Uh, I love how it's like this, this. It's a true. He's a true character, right? It's based off that. Yeah. And he played it so well. He, he's uh, awesome, man. He annoys me. That, that uh, blueberry, <laughs> the blueberry muffin scene. Do you guys remember that scene? Uh-huh. They do are eating with yep. the chef. And he, he breaks it. He's like seven blueberries. And the other guy has like a million blueberries. And De Niro goes, hey, you want me to, uh, can you make the same amount of blueberries in each one? And the chef, mm-hmm. looked, deadpan, he goes, you want me to make all the blueberries? And, uh,
4: he's like, yeah, like like go fuck yourself. That's a great movie. Yeah. I, it's so good. It's so good, man. I just watched oh it the other day. God. I'm getting yeah. giddy just thinking about these movies. Like, I want to go on a binge overnight and watch. I, I don't think I'd have enough time. Like, some of those are... Like, Casino's yeah. a long-ass Casino's a movie, long man. one. He, I just it uh, double VHS tapes back in the day,
2: man. That would be, oh my God.
3: I used I just to watch double uh, VHS, VHS tapes. Mary, was okay. Ginger. I used to just stop the
2: movie. Yeah. I, just I watched. Uh, I watched Goodfellas the other day. Kind of the similar cast, right? Kind of similar... A lot of similarities between the two movies, not obviously, obviously. Similar. mob movies, but just like characters and like cast and everything, and uh very similar. I Same mean. characters, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe Pesci also in that, in Goodfellas and uh Casino. Uh, Those are both uh, Scorsese films, right? Oh, really? Well, so I, I think they are, yeah. And Wolf of Wall Street's
4: a Scorsese film too. Maybe I just have oh, a type, I guess. I think so. Here's Breakfast Club doesn't fit that that description, but Ferris Bueller's Day uh, Off. I can't
3: believe how similar <laughs> our movie tastes are. Uh, guys, because Jordan, I was going to say uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Uh, so It's another one like well, attention Perfect, right? The music, Anthony's song from from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, um, it, it is is unique to Ferris Bueller's Day Off, right? I can't think of Don and
4: Shane, what he's you know singing on the parade float. And, and they did like twist and shout, which obviously is a Beatles thing, but like I didn't it, know that it, it until after I'd watched it. I was like, that's a Ferris Bueller like classic as a kid. And I was like, <laughs> obviously not dumbass, but <laughs> yes." Oh, excuse it. Oh, excuse it. That's awesome I, I love that list. I love the list. It's
3: fantastic. Um to me, I, I and I'm with you guys, it kind of took me two uh because I was thinking of one where uh like that's just pure entertainment and pure just, just a great, a great movie with just no CGI, just cool. Whatever is uh, John Cusack. So in that same vein, um, Gross Point Blank. Have you guys ever seen that movie? Mm-hmm. Guys, listen, listen tonight. I promise you, go, go see that. Go, go see. It. Go watch that. <laughs> it's so. I'll just give you the brief. What you see in the trailer. It's a, a hitman, John Cusack, oh. gets invited to his ten year high school reunion, and then also. Uh, he was like D done with it. And he's like, he's going to quit. And then also he gets a, a target. He gets it person Percy's supposed to hit in girls point, Michigan. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So it's his cool. And, and it's a, and it's John Cusack flick, right? So you know what you're getting into. Yeah. That's really, cool. I dig it. I like it. Yeah. I do that. Or And then the other movie I'd pick, and just cause I love the, the entertainment uh, aspect of it, the, the plot, uh, the music situation, all that stuff. And the characters Oceans 12. Huh. I'm a big fan of the Oceans movies. But that one really, I think to me, just, I think you could tell that the Brad Pitt and um, uh, who's the the gray guy? George Clooney. Oh, yeah. That relationship was just, just awesome. Like how they existed and ran it and really, you know, how, how everything and got the heist and all that
4: stuff. This is really cool. So that's why I, I'd bring Oceans I didn't I didn't expect this conversation at all. Like, that's why they call it a blind nil. So right. I, I definitely, if you were have me a hundred guesses, I never would have guessed this one
2: at all. Yeah, exactly. Gotta love it. It's a good thought experiment. I love it. Yes. Uh, it gets you, it gets a nice, nice little looking into the mind of the, of the question answerer. Yes. Yes. Agreed too, right? Yeah. Uh, Jordan, what do you got for us?
4: So this one could go really quickly, or it could drag on. I'm not sure which. (laughs) Or it could drag on. (laughs) And I could go first if you guys need time to think, but I'm going to preface it with the the scene here. I'm going to give you an Uno reverse card, and you can use that for one move that any other team made this offseason, and then you can also use it for the Chiefs. You can either reverse a move they made or change something that they did or didn't do this off season. so if you guys need time do you want me to go first or do you I have something it. that you can you got it okay got it. Really? where are you putting your cards at my, my old coach
3: in new orleans i'd like to reverse sean payton out of denver mm. <laughs> okay to do that because man listen everyone's a everyone's a paper tiger right now everyone you know everyone's you know gonna win the super bowl this year and they got the best team that uh they can make with their cap and vets and rookies and all that stuff um but that one, man, he just he brings so much confidence to a team that's already got a, an amazing defense, right? Like check out the box scores, right? The Chiefs put up more than like 20 on Denver in a while, yet they still win. Yeah. And they win with a defensive touchdown. Right. Like that. They barely they barely beat Denver. Right. And it's one of those things and now you put put Sean Payton in there, you give confidence to a guy who who lost his confidence, lost his way last year, Russell Wilson, and now playing with a chip on his shoulder.
4: That's a, that's a perfect storm to me. It's a good one. Mm. Well, what I, about? Uh, I still got to think what, of I still What's I, your Chiefs move like? What would you redo or change one thing from the Chiefs offseason so far?
3: I don't know, man. I, I would have liked to see, uh, I don't know, Juju, maybe, you know, like seeing what, what could have done there. But mm. I don't know, man. It just, I'd like to see what they do in the draft. But I'd like to, see it, to go after Juju just see what they're offering, see what they're willing to pay. Because as the Tyreek thing, as the Leonard Brown gina thing, um, you know they're not going to pay top dollar. No, yeah. and I honestly, I, as a player, I'm like, but as as like a team, it's it's smart, right? Yeah. You bring in this guy, and it creates a, a imbalance. In the locker room, right? Whether you know it or not, like it's not a big deal, but it's like you mm-hmm. bring it top of the market, then you can't pay anybody else. It's a smart strategy, it really is. Yeah. Tom Brady was never the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, Hard so time, do you need uh, more time? I think so. Okay, 10. he was top with top ten, like top ten most paid quarterback, and he's yeah. winning Super Bowl after Super Bowl.
4: I was gonna say it also helped that he was with Giselle for a lot of that and had had some some mega bucks to fall back on. But still he was the that guy. Like everyone made that a point all the time, which is weird because like, yeah, Mahomes' cap hits are really high, but I remember when he first signed that deal, everyone was like, Oh, half a billion dollars, oh it's a terrible contract, blah blah blah. I'm like it, he's getting his money and he made that clear, but he also gives them unique flexibility that not Many other quarterbacks, really technically any other quarterback can get them, like the Josh Allen contract. You could argue about that. I'm sure that guys like Burrow and Herbert will have something similar to a lesser degree, but like bashing Mahomes for making his money when in reality the Chiefs can dip into that fund whenever they want and generate cap space just like they did a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it's kind of weird, I think.
3: That's crazy. I didn't know it was flexible like that. See, like some love in the baseball because you've been dealing with contracts forever. Baseball, right? It's all <laughs> all that stuff. So I, I liked it. I did not know that he had those things, those those ways to manipulate the numbers within their books to create cap space like that's really cool. But that's smart. You have to do yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Or if you're going to make a lot of money, you're going to suck. Because if you can't pay that 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 Sam linebacker, you know, two three million a year because you're tied, you got to go with the. And, or something
4: mm-hmm. that can hurt yeah. you.
3: that can really hurt you
4: yeah Set Brent nice see you buddy yeah shout out watching from Costa Rica Tuck I can go do you still need a little bit more time
2: oh I was thinking about this uh one of the moves that first came to my head when he brought this up was uh Orlando Brown to Cincinnati that's not a very like I think that would be a good one or reverse him to right tackle uh reverse mm-hmm. him to sign a one-year deal with the Chiefs for a right tackle drop that would be pretty sick um but like looking around the division, it hasn't been like it was last year, right? I feel like there's not a lot of moves. Like Jimmy Garoppolo to the Raiders doesn't scare me a one bit. <laughs> um, there hasn't been a lot of a lot of moves in the division that has been like, oh, I wish that, that guy would that guy would get out of here. Um uh, maybe it's maybe it's a move that I'm thinking where I wish I think Juju's probably a good one. Um yeah. like wish that he would have re signed just so the Chiefs have an optional wide receiver. Um, I think I'll go with that one
4: yeah I think for the Chiefs Juju was mine before I even heard you were lucky like we're all in agreement there I think not that he would have like completely made the receiver room invincible but seeing that they haven't done anything since and not knowing what is on the horizon having that stability for them I think would be huge and then league-wide I tried to think outside the box and in the AFC the other two top contenders you've got Buffalo They haven't really got better. They were in cap held to begin the offseason. Cincinnati lost Bates, right, and then brought in Brown. Like, I don't know how much better they're going to be, if at all. This seems to be the last season they can truly maneuver the way they have. I went to the NFC, and I don't believe Brock Purdy is necessarily a Super Bowl quarterback, but I know San Fran has a Super Bowl roster. They brought in Javon Hargrave. If they played the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, That defensive front could, like, wreck. And it's not like the Chiefs have a bad offensive line by any stretch. But if they did match up, I was like, man, the AFC West hasn't done anything that, like, puts fear in anybody. The top two teams in the AFC haven't done much. Jacksonville has stood pat mostly on the free agent front. So I went out to the NFC. If San Fran got there, Hargrave could be a difference
2: maker. So I'd just take that away. I, yeah. San Francisco's got a scary defense. Their their front right now is like nasty. Also, it's okay. one less competitor to inflate the Chris
4: Jones market. So you could think of it that okay. way too. It's one less interior defensive lineman getting twenty million plus per year. It's unreal.
3: I don't know. I I'll be curious the uh, uh, how how the new Jacksonville guy plays. You know, because I I think Orlando Brown had his faults for sure. Um, but but he could maintain the integrity of a pocket like he yeah. is not getting bull rushed like right. he's got a strong punch, uh, but he does get beat on the outside tendency. But got a strong line. I I think I think he might actually really flourish in Cincinnati. You know I I really do. Mm. Plus Joe Urrow. I mean we get sacked
2: a lot, but I think he could help maintain integrity <laughs> that pocket. I really do believe that from him. Yeah. It's, uh, it's all interesting, and, and coming up next, I've got a couple blind nails I'm going, I'm going back and forth with. We'll talk about them when we come back after this break.
1: A sports network for today's fan. KC Sports Network. Podcasts, YouTube, social media, live shows, KCSN.
0: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice,
2: I, and I got a couple blind deals on my on the on the brain. One of them is about the running back position. So uh maybe we can get through the running back one a little bit quicker than we can the other one that I'm thinking of. So the running back position right now, the that room consists of Clyde edwards helaire of Isaiah Pacheco, and I believe Jeron Ely is on the, the practice squad slash reserves right now. That's the roster. Um I wanna know from you guys, do you see the Chiefs? Resigning Jarek McKinnon, signing another running back, like a Ronald Jones or somebody, a veteran of that type, or drafting a running back. Not in the first round, not in the second round, but just drafting a running back in the draft. Is McKinnon okay. a victim of his own success? It could be. Right? Where the Chiefs
3: are like, like, could we get that again? You know, from which by the way, I didn't know until like seriously two weeks ago that McKinnon was like a seven year vet, right? <laughs> yeah. I went I the whole thing he was like a second year guy or something like that and I was like how is this guy done got to block so well and then it makes them weak oh. <laughs> so it's like as you expected to have that sort of like monster run you know in like december that that did um like could like i think i think their question is do you think they could replicate that and that's why they're not signing him back yet uh, or they don't like signing older running backs either too like yeah. like like Leonardo DiCaprio and his dating habits right yeah. it's a certain age trend yep no dice you out action so maybe they
2: do have the same age where hey we don't we don't take running backs under (laughs) it so it's interesting to know jordan sorry before before you go the contract that Jerick mckinnon the extension that Jerick mckinnon signed was a one year 1.2 million dollar just you know not a huge deal but it wasn't signed until june um so jerek mckinnon obviously doesn't want to go to phase one ota's phase two ota's doesn't want to go to all that that running around in shorts. Uh, so if the Chiefs do re-sign him or a veteran guy, it's probably not going to be till June, July, maybe even August uh, sometimes. But Jordan, what are your thoughts on this?
4: Yeah, I literally was looking up right before you started saying that. I was like, I know McKinnon signed in June. It's yeah. like early to mid-June. I think the Chiefs are on a collision course to bring him back. Like the market for 30-something formerly injury-prone, potentially currently injury-prone running backs like McKinnon is great, but you can't rely on him, and he also ran out of juice at the end of last season. Like He didn't have a ton to begin with, and you could tell his legs were incredibly fresh. Now, that's the caveat to this, though. They need McKinnon for the pass protection. They need him as a receiving back. I think there's a way, and the best way to do it, you ramp him up throughout the year into the playoffs, but you need another running back to do that. And maybe, can't count on Clyde Everett's lair necessarily, I think they do draft someone on day three whether it's the 4th, 5th, 6th, or 7th round. I think they do draft the running back. They bring one in to work with Isaiah Pacheco, but then you have a lot of youth in that room with a, a second-year guy and a rookie. I think you supplement that with Clyde edwards helaire He's still around, and you have Jarek McKinnon waiting, and maybe he's a guy that you know hangs around at the beginning of the year, doesn't do a ton, gets involved, spells somebody when they get hurt or need you know a mm-hmm. breather or whatever. I think they have to bring him back almost, and that's also...
2: They wouldn't be done after that, I don't think. Yeah. That's a position where you really want bodies that Jordan is you're kind of yeah. going after is the attrition well, quality, quality though. Quality. Right, right. You want call quali- you want quality she, bodies. She... And it's like to me, it's like I, I don't know what they're afraid of.
3: It is is my thing. I-, I think I think it goes deeper than than City Hall, where to me it's like like are, are there thoughts like could 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 he recreate that magic again? Mm. Like could like the could he be the the guy in the running back room again? Do we like him as a leader? You know, so like I said, there's all these things where you're like, interesting. The guy have I not mean, seen nothing but awesome, by the way. And oh, it's, yeah, it's crazy. We'll but we'll see. That's why I'm like, like, get to the draft. I want to see who they draft. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> right, and I do think I do think that there is uh there is something there in the draft. I know BJ's brought up Deuce Vaughn. Maybe they draft another guy that like Jerick McKinnon in the Ooh. draft. There are some uh yeah, there are some running backs in there. I want to shout out Matt Reeves for this comment. You is a wide receiver. Not even changed his number to eighty nine. He did. Uh, I was thinking of LeMichael Pirine, Ryan, uh, oh, is the other running back that they have on roster who was, I believe, practice squad ad late last year. Um, yeah, so they're gonna need some the the war of attrition. I need to look this stat up. It's been a couple of years, and I bring it up all the time. Like the average running the running back misses an average of two games a season. And I'm sure it's gone up now because I feel like running backs, starting running backs, miss so many more games in two games a season now. Um, I'm sure that number's gone up, uh, but it's something that where you got to have guys and you got to have rotation. Uh, we've saw I've talked about this too of you know the kind of the new trend of throwing waves of limited the rolling thing. I almost have to do that with the running back position now, uh, just with the, how the position is. But the other one, we've been talking about contracts. It's free agency time. It's extension time and this has been a big uh, big hot topic of uh, between these two guys, two leaders on the defensive side of the ball, Chris Jones and Jerry Sneed. They're going to Bills going to come due. Uh, for Jerry Sneed, you're going to need to extend Chris Jones if you want to. You can only offer an extension to one of those guys. Who do you offer it to?
4: It's uh, it's not even close. It's got to be Chris Jones. Like and this isn't a completely original thought. He's the Mahomes of the defense and you can't afford to let him go. Like there were people, and I was one of these people heading into last season, that was like, the Chiefs should absolutely entertain trading him because he's been really good, but he hasn't been truly elite. Like, the money that he's going to ask for, he hasn't been worth. Then he proved everybody wrong. Well, proved me wrong, more to, a lot of people <laughs> did believe in it. I was like, he's going to be a really, really good player, even great, but they're going to give him close to aaron donald money and he's not going to be worth it then he came out last year and was worth it and was absolutely fantastic all pro defensive player of the year third place finisher like he was absolutely terrific legeris Steeds a good player but they also have a stud young corner in trent mcduffie i think one of joshua williams and Jalen watson actually does pan out to be a reliable starter for a while maybe even both of them do pan out he also I think he has more value to the Chiefs than he does generally in the NFL. So like he might price himself out of the Chiefs range. He might price himself out of his own range. I-, I just think yes, he's important. Yes, he does some things in the Spags defense that are important. The Chiefs could also draft a Lejarius Sneed easier than they can draft a Chris Jones. The importance of a Chris Jones, like the whole defensive line goes as he does. You take Chris Jones off the defensive line. I don't care if you use Two first round picks on an interior defensive lineman, you're not getting Chris Jones unless it's like a Jalen Carter type situation. So you can't really let him walk. Um, Tag and trade isn't going to get you the net value of a Chris Jones. You just have to take your medicine here, take your lumps. You got to pay the guy.
3: And and I think, too, um, there's no, uh, you can be Troy Palamalu in his prime uh, over Chris Jones. I'm still saying extend, you know, Chris Jones because. D line, man, if you can get generate a, a vicious pass rush, quarterback's going to be on edge, you know, maybe thinking about that. And maybe he's beat them some throws that aren't as tight in the window. And then, you know, you're going to have some range to go. So, you know, your tolerances change, you know, as, as your pass rush gets better. So, and Chris Jones from the inside can create so much havoc. And there's so much that you don't, know, you can't even see where you start collapsing pockets. Uh, and generating pressure you know, ability to beat anybody and it just all oh, gives you nightmares you know when it's like third and eight you're like shit i better hope the centers you know slide my way to help you know chris jones
4: so tuck just to jump in real quick before we kick yeah. back to you i looked up on over the cap the uh, average annual value for those two positions and like the top guys so deron payne's got paid he's at five uh DeForest Buckner's at 21 Leonard Williams is at 21 Hargraves at 21 Aaron Donald's at 31.6 so like Jones isn't going to eclipse 30 million I don't buy the smoke that he's going to get like even 29 28 but you're getting between 24 26 maybe and perhaps you settle at four for 100 it's a lot of money but he's worth it and you look at cornerback Xavier Howard at 18 you jump down a little bit Marcus Peters was at 14 Darius Slay at 14 Charverius Ward at 13 5. Like, if you were to tell me Charverius Ward and Legerea Steed had comparable markets, I know that they play <laughs> slightly different roles on defenses, but Ward's been objectively a pretty darn solid cornerback for a while now. Steed, like I said, a little bit more valuable to the Chiefs, I think, than other teams. I still think, relative to the value, the importance of Jones, it's got to be more important than Steed. You just have to take your lumps and pay
2: that guy. I know we, uh, Jordan, you brought up the trading Chris Jones. I know, uh, trading, uh, Jerry Snee has been brought up recently too. He is in the final year of his deal. Why not try to get something out of him while you can? You just drafted five guys in the secondary, uh, that are on rookie contracts right now. So why not, uh, try to get that? Maybe if they draft another corner, if they draft a corner early, we might, we might have to talk, um, about, <laughs> <laughs> about, uh, allocating resources. Uh, but I do think that it's an interesting, it's an interesting thought. I really think that hitting on all four of those corners, you can throw in Brian Cook and say hitting on five guys in the secondary really changes the, uh, outlook on how this team is constructed moving forward and how they decide to spend their money, allocate their money, because maybe if they're coming to a tight gap situation, they say, okay, luxurious need, we can give you this. This is what we can give you right here. And if you can go get more money elsewhere i.e. Charverius Ward, what happened with him, Mm. go get your money elsewhere. Um, But I think it's going to be a very uh, interesting situation with him coming due, with that bill coming due. Uh, Chris Jones, Matt Reeves, again, uh, comment, he said Jones' extension seems like a June-July-type situation, which... That was his last one, too, right? Yeah, mid-summer. So I know a lot of people are freaking out right now that the Chiefs aren't doing anything in free agency. They did two moves on the first two days guess nobody can be happy with uh, what Brett Veach has done. I know that it, we're getting a little impatient. The draft is just around the corner. Day three is actually a month away from today, so we have we have hit uh, under a month until the first pick in 2023 NFL draft in Kansas City, Missouri. By the way, so exciting times all around. When is this? Uh, Wednesday or Thursday? What is it? Thursday? Thursday. Yeah, and according to one of the ESPN
4: mocks: The Chiefs are going to draft Keontae Banks, um, quarterback, um, in the first round. So Tucker, you you spoke it into existence, and so did somebody else on ESPN.
3: There we go. So I hey, move the Pro Bowl to after the Super Bowl so everyone can attend. boom so let's let's
2: do that again. Was it after well, the? was just not, not a Pro Bowl. Guy? What's that? Was it after the Super Bowl when you played? Yeah, it was. <laughs>
3: Well, no, they, they changed it in '09 09 to 2004 09. because we met the guys in like the Pro Bowl. They were already Yeah. But yeah, move it to after again. I mean, what could you do with that week, that media week? I mean, no one's watching the Pro Bowl anyways, right? Right. It's so true, they're sure. kind of in like NFL mode and the Pro Bowl is kind of like this goof-off mode, right? It's like fun. So it, it should be allowed for the players who actually make it and then we to get the shitty product of the mm. a Team whatever making a Pro Bowl because of injuries, right? <laughs> um, and it's like, or people opting out because they don't want to do it. Right. Uh, make it
2: after, right? Make it somewhere fun and make it a real like experience. Like that'd be cool. Yeah, don't even play a game anymore. It's all flag football. We're something cool. But <laughs> yeah. cool right? but like, so you gotta keep like this like the intense man end of the season.
3: Yeah. Super Bowl's about to happen. Even if a team's not in it, you still want to be in that that mindset. So just
2: make it after. Agree. Okay. All right, fellas, appreciate you hopping on the podcast, talking this through. Any final thoughts, Nick, before we head out? No. Um, I'm I'm actually a month away. I'm kind of um, I'm, I just want the draft to be here because
3: I want to see who they get. Because, like I said, this is we're we're only seeing the tip of the iceberg on what the Chiefs are doing <laughs> right now, and all will be revealed after, even after that. You know, when they sign free agents after the draft, you know, everything will be revealed, and then we'll see what
4: they've been planning all along while they've been doing it. I guess Jordan, final thoughts. I know it's a tense time. Um, if you're a Chiefs fan, to be on Chiefs Twitter or whatever, um, go touch some grass, go outside, enjoy the weather changing, relax a little bit. The draft is coming up. People really don't know what the Chiefs are going to do. The Chiefs might not even know what the Chiefs are going to do. It's hard to predict some of the rest of the off season. So, um, yep. it's the day to day can get stressful if you're out there watching. But um, enjoy the fun. And listen to Outside the Trenches with Tucker, Franklin, and Leckie, and BJ
2: will be back soon. There you go. That's awesome. As always, shout out to Five Farms, Irish Cream Liquor for uh, sponsoring this here wonderful program, this Outside the Trenches, is KCSN After Dark. Uh, you're probably not listening to it after dark, but we're recording it after dark, so we get to say it anyway. Uh, we appreciate you uh, hanging out with us. And, and to Jordan's tone, I'll be out at opening day. Opening day, just around the corner on Thursday. Um, so see me stop and say hi. I love get excited that when baseball's here, spring feels like it's in the air. It's going to be a nice day out at, at Kaufman too. So, um, very excited for that. It's going to feel like a new leaf is turning over, and it feels like we're that much closer to the draft. So, super excited for that. So, make sure you hit that like button on this video. Subscribe to the network. We've got a very exciting draft series coming. I've been editing some draft videos. I talked about early on twenty one questions. I'm going to have a draft video. April first to twenty fifth, we're gonna have a video every single day with the player breakdowns of uh, Ken Swanson, Sean Barber, and we're gonna start. I'm gonna say we're gonna start with Nolan Smith. That's April one on Saturday. You're gonna get a video on Casey Sports Network. It's gonna be Nolan Smith breakdown of his film and his highlights. So make sure you are got that notification bell on because we'll be got all kinds of stuff for you for the NFL draft. We'll have you covered here at KC Sports Network. So for Jordan Foot, for Nick Clucky. I am Tucker Franklin. Thank you for listening to this episode of Outside the Trenches. We will talk to you later. Downtown Stadium.
1: bro. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN, covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain, educate, inform. KC Sports Network.